Hi, everybody. This is Patty Negri. Welcome to The Witching Hour, that magical time of day when magic happens. And remember, you're the magic. My beautiful guest, the time of day, everything that goes together. And I've got a great guest for you, one of my new English friends from across the pond, Liz Laguinas Cormel. But before I introduce you to Liz, I guess we got to figure out where I am. So this is the Where's Patty section. Where is Patty? I am in home for a minute and a half. Um, when you're getting this, if you get this the first week, when we first drop the week of April 4th, 2022, um, I am just getting back from the Winchester Mystery House. Yeah, I can't wait to go. Oh, wait, I was just there. Um, but I'm sure it went great. I'm getting to do a seance there. We're doing an investigation there with the spirit realm. So I should have just completed that and got home. So this weekend, I am heading to Wisconsin and the Meta Paranormal Conference, Meta Pro Paranormal something. But all sorts of great people are going to be there with me. My very first trip to Wisconsin, I must say. So if you're anywhere in that area, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Chicago, whatever states happen to be by there, um, come on down. We're going to do all sorts of fun things, galleries, readings, join us. And if you're not going to go in Wisconsin with me, and if you weren't in Winchester Mystery House with me, Tuesday, come to my class. I'm doing a class at my school, universitymagicus.com. I'm teaching a class on elemental witchcraft. You probably hear a lot talk about it. We're going to hear me talk about it a little bit today with my guests. Um, working with elemental witchcraft, less getting into the deities, or if you're a this kind of witch or a that kind of witch, working with this little planet we are sitting on right now. So I'm going to teach that, some spell crafting, how to make your life a little bit better. Tuesday, universitymagicus.com. And that's it. No class on Sunday, because I'm going to be in Wisconsin. Okay. There's an opening yawn. What are we going to do if she ever doesn't do that? I don't know what we're going to do. We won't even know it's Willow, will we? This is my baby Willow, over a year old now, a year and a couple weeks. And I thought today for Willow Report, I would talk about protecting your baby a little bit. Um, I had a friend recently that their dog got lost. Luckily, it was a happy ending. It got found. But I thought about that. These babies are our world. Whatever you have, your dog, your cat, your whatever that is, make sure you take some precautions, both magical and non-magical, because we live in both worlds, left brain, right brain, mundane world, magical world. So number one, make sure your baby knows where you live. If Get out and walk it around the neighborhood, because... At first, they don't. If they got somehow they fell out or they're walking or the gardener left the gate open, they need to know their neighborhood. Whether you're in the middle of an urban city or you're in the middle of the country or you're far, far away, let them know. They got good noses. They're, this is a hound dog. They get good noses, but they've got to see what it is. So get out, walk them regularly, regularly. Have them know where their house is. And then if they do get out, make sure that they have some kind of protection. Make sure they have a tag. She is chipped. She is tagged. And she's got triple, triple protection now. This little girl, okay, talk about magical and regular. She's got a tag that has her name. She's got two tags that have her name because she's got a moon. She has got magically this beautiful charged pentacle. So she's a witch dog right there. But again, we live in another world. So she also has an apple tracker on her right here. 
24-7, I could open up my cell phone and see where my willow is. So super protected all the way around that somebody could find her name if she is there. I could track her. And of course, the spirits above are protecting her as well. Also, since you guys are all magical people, oh, like this is, you could buy all sorts of things. This is a publicly bought thing. Uh, St. Francis of Assisi, protect my pet. Yeah, they make them out there. Also, if you have an altar, if you work magical, have a little statue or something that represents your pet. Um, a, a lot of times, and I've mentioned this before, you can get little stone and rock statues of dogs, of cats in general. This is this is my willow, one of them. This is supposed to. This is a holiday ornament, I think. It's supposed to go on a Christmas tree, um, but it looks like willow. So I charge that. I put them up on the mantle, and this dog is keeping my little willow safe. You guys are magic. You guys are witches or magicians or wizards or whatever the heck you want to call yourselves. These people are under our keep. Whatever kind of critter you have, if you're a pet parent, it's really responsible. And it's kind of scary out there some of these days. So don't live in fear. Just be prepared like a Girl Scout or a Boy Scout or a pet mom. So anyway, the Willow Report is keep your willow, whatever your willow's name is, safe and sound. And have them well protected because because they depend on us. They're so smart. They're so sweet. They're so naughty. And we end it with a yawn. That's the Willow Report. And what do we often want with magic? Love is first. And second is money. Not that money is such a big deal, not that money's not a big deal, but as a rule, so often we need a little bit more money. So this class is going to be about money magic. Um, many of you may know my money spell, now infamous or famous, $1 burn it up. Yes, it's a federal fine <laughs> money spell. No one's been arrested yet, I promise. But there's lots of other things you can do. Um, that spell, if you're interested in it, it's in my book. It's on my YouTube page. It's on my website. $1 money spell, it will cost you $1 unless you want to use play money. But if you're willing to spend that dollar, it's very powerful. You're going to burn it up and work with the spirits. Um, but you can get that online. Let me tell you about some of my other magic. What money is, we make it into such a big thing. Money is the big almighty whatever, and it's so hard, and it's this thing on a thing. All it is is an energy. It's, it's an energy exchange. And if we look at it as such, and like we do our other craft and our other work makes it a whole lot easier and a whole lot less mysterious and a whole lot less hard to get a hold of. But we have to change our perception because we, many of us have been taught that, again, money is hard earned and money is a struggle and a sacrifice. Doesn't have to be, but you have to change your perception about it. Money is easy. Money comes to me. And one of my favorite ways to look at money in a different way than maybe we were raised is the way leprechauns look at money. Leprechauns, they're elementals, like money just for money's sake. They don't attach weird thought patterns to it, like, ooh, it's evil for a psychic to take money, or money is the root of all evil, or there's a lot of evil words attached to money, which is silly. They like the gold at the bottom of the rainbow. They like to throw it around and dance and bring it in. So I suggest everybody bring a little leprechaun magic into your life. If you want to change your thought pattern, change your thought pattern, you change your life. So. Everybody needs a leprechaun money pot. 
What is that? Yep, yeah, you can go to the drugstore and get a little green pot and call it your leprechaun money pot. Or I started out with an envelope. I still have an envelope and I wrote leprechaun money pot. You can start out with a little tiny box. You can start out with a shoe box. And that is your leprechaun money pot. And tell yourself it is going to draw money. You are going to empower it with drawing money and you are going to start collecting money in it. My first time I did it, I'm like, I need some more leprechaun thought passes, how fun it is, how easy it is. So I had $1 at the time. I wanted to collect $100 bills. This was pre-COVID, way pre-COVID, when I had kind of a cash business. And I thought, I'm going to collect $100 bills in my leprechaun money pot. Thinking big, didn't have $100 bills. I had a $1 bill. So I sharpied it up with two zeros and made it a $100 bill. And I put it in my pot and I'll go, you're going to multiply. You are going to be easy breezy money at the end of the rainbow. So every time I had a little bit of spare money, still not $100, but I would put it in there. But you have to change your attitude about money. So every once in a while, and often at the beginning, take that money out of your money pot, roll around in it, throw it up, roll around on the bed, roll around on the floor. You might feel a little idiotic at first, especially when you have one or two bills or a little bit of coins, but guess what? It will grow. You're going, money is easy and money and fun and money comes to me is on the run. Whatever, come up with a rhyme. So all of a sudden, now you are, Lots of bills flying around and it's growing and it's growing and it's growing. I've had my leprechaun money pot for years and now I know, and it's always true that I will have whatever I need or want in that money pot, whether it's, oh, I need a hundred dollars for this or, oh my gosh, our deck is falling down and I need $5,000. It's in the money pot. It's changing your thought pattern, changing your life. So get yourself an envelope, a box, a shoe box, a little tiny thing. Start collecting leprechaun money pot. But remember, you have to roll around in it. You have to roll around in it and change your thoughts on money. Also, we go to the bathroom every day. We go to the bathroom every day. Um, carve dollar signs in your soap. Maybe you'll use Irish spring or maybe something more natural. Carve it. So now it's not your bath. It's a money bath every day. Sharpie it on your shampoo, dollar signs. It changes everything. So it's awareness, changes of thought pattern. Every day could be a money day. In the refrigerator, we go to the refrigerator every day. Here's my little feng shui way. Um, because I'll draw from every culture and everything. Um, I learned this in feng shui training, get nine $1 bills. I got crispy ones and tie them up with red thread or string or twine. The red thread should be nine inches or 18 inches. Again, it's that nine thing and look it up. It's a good magical number. So you have your nine $1 bills wrapped like a Christmas or holiday present in a nine or 18 inch. Put it in the back left corner of your refrigerator. Number one, you always have cold, hard cash, literally, figuratively. It's in there, and it's a really great conversation piece when guests come over and wonder why you have cash money in your refrigerator, um, but it grows and grows and grows. Now, make sure you don't put it in the freezer, because those of us who know freezer magic are freezing off things. You don't want your money frozen. You want cold, hard cash in the refrigerator. So these little things you do, along with burning some money and doing whatever you want to do, changes your thought pattern. You change your thought pattern. You change your reality with money. You change your relationship with money. You change everything. We don't need to have money issues. It's just an exchange. You have your crystals. You have your this. Have your dollar bills. Have your bank. But you have to see it. Paid off debts. You have to see it. Living where you want to live. You'll never surpass your own belief system. So believe big.
do one full moon cycle. I talk about moon magic all the time. One full moon cycle on the full moon, go money here, money now, money come to me. Decide what you want to do. The next two weeks while the moon is waning, let go of everything that keeps you there. My daddy taught me money was hard or I don't believe I earned that much of money, whatever. Every day, every morning of the waning moon, let go of some belief system that's not serving you. On the new moon, do a little contemplation. How's it going? What do I want now? The next two weeks of waxing moon, add into your life. I'm going to ask for that raise. Change your thought pattern about it. Change some of whatever you're doing. Just get a downfall. All of a sudden, in a 30-day cycle or however long you do it, you've changed your energetic reality and the good stuff comes, the money comes, it flows. The dollar bill, like I said, has worked for me for decades now. And it'll work for you. You just got to believe. Mind, body, spirit. Believe it. Take action. And you are the magic or spirit behind it. So if money is an issue, decide to change that today. That's a cultural thing. That's a human thing. It's all bull. Shh, don't say I said that. Money's easy. Money's fun. Money comes on the run. Money magic for today. See you next week. And I'm so honored. I'm so thrilled. I'm so excited to bring you one of my other new friends from across the pond. We just met at the Festival of the Unexplained. Let me introduce you to Liz Laguinis Cormel. Liz has been known since she was a very young age that she can communicate with something that not everyone can see. She comes from a long line of sensitives and psychics. This gift has been passed down from the female line for many generations. Prior to developing this gift, Liz admits she used to frighten her, but now she acknowledges most spirits are just people without physical bodies. I love that. She's also a paranormal investigator. She also reads. She learned from an early, uh, an early date's mother of how to do cards from a Romani gypsy. Um, but let me just introduce her direct because there's all this beautiful stuff here. And I just want you to meet the beautiful person. Liz, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I just fell in love with you when we first met. We, um, we, I just got back from my first time to your country, to the UK. We were doing, we were at Bosworth Hall and the Festival of the Unexplained, put together by Karen Frey, and I kind of honed in on you right away from across the crowded room. Um, so tell everybody a little bit about you, since probably my people on this side of the pond don't know much about um, you and your pal. My path, I'm, I'm a, what I call a solitary hedge Norse witch. Um, so there's, there's all sorts of eclectic things in there. Uh, I, I collect <laughs> little pieces from all sorts of different paths. So, yeah, I do that a little bit too. Eclectic. So I like that you have the Norse. Is that part of, is that a part family tradition or just something that you were kind of led into? I've been led into to start with but since doing my ancestry dna i've discovered that there is a lot of viking um and northern european within my bloodline so it kind of found me and then i found out why so ah that is beautiful yeah. um and you you live you do live sort of in the country yourself being hedgewitchy and out into nature and things or? i'm really lucky i'm right on the edge so um uh, literally <laughs> yes <laughs> if i live if i walk sort of five minutes down the road um i walk out into the middle of nowhere and i i'm not in the middle of a city but if i go in five minutes the other way 
I'm right in the built-up area and I've got all the amenities and um, shops and all that kind of thing. So I've got the best of both worlds. Oh, that's beautiful. That is good. That's how we created us, what you worlds. <laughs> um, so uh, again, we're just getting out and about again. This is one of our festivals coming in. How do you think, I mean, how have you been affected by it, everything going on in the world or what hints and things do you have for people coming out of COVID? I know some people are a little hesitant because they've been kind of caved away and either within your practice or your belief system, what's some ideas you have for people? Because I've, it's funny, this week I'm getting a lot of it. We in LA, we just had the Oscars. We had all sorts of stuff and, and people are sneaking out and these new fears are coming out with people I work with. So I don't know if you've experienced that as well. Yeah, um, I think my main piece of advice would be be gentle to yourself. Don't do anything that, that's making you really anxious. Just just be gentle. Take it at your own pace. Don't feel like you're expected to do things. And if you still want to wear a mask, then that's fine by most people. Um, or if you just want to go out and carry on as if nothing's happened, then that's also fine. But I found that during lockdown, because we locked down quite severely over here um a lot of people actually connected with nature which was wonderful especially from my point of view being a, a nature witch um and i think i'd i'd suggest that people carry on doing that don't forget it just because everything's going back to normal um keep going with the connection go out and get grounded and just walk in the trees and listen to the birds and pay attention to the small things um, beautiful advice. And I agree wholeheartedly. I saw that because again, you couldn't go out and do these things. And it was, it was like a reset, big mother yeah. nature, whoever reset going, okay, what is important? And we have to pay attention to this planet now, you know, we've yeah. let it go for too long. So thank goodness, both in the uprise of our craft in general, witchcraft, because again, it is an awareness of what's around you and a responsibility of the earth and things around you. But I, there's not better advice and i really think that i talked about this the other day that that's why more elemental stuff is coming out more elemental magic in itself even getting into the fae world and all the different what? gnomes are showing up to people who don't see gnomes just because we somewhat got to get our eyes out of the sky and back right down here yeah i think there was there was two things that for me came out of lockdown one of them was there was a lot more connections over um, multimedia, so using technology. Um, but then there was the other flip side, which was having the time where you weren't in crowded places because you weren't allowed to be, that you could take a step back and, and nature almost reclaimed some spaces. And just being able to, if you were lucky enough to have a garden or a balcony or just somewhere you could sit and watch the birds or, I mean, we had deer showing up in the center of cities um, because there wasn't the people out and about in the traffic and people started to take notice, which was amazing. Yeah, no, I, I, same thing here. We live in Los Angeles, not the best air as a rule. And really fast into COVID, one day we had like, the best air in the country, like, what? This was a first ever, it's like, we could do this? Just leaving yeah. your car home, what? It, it showed the power that we really had by our choices and stuff. So yes, keep, keep into that nature. So what are some of your regular practices that make you keep close to your craft or just help you in your day-to-day -day life? 
Um, I tend to follow the lunar cycle quite a lot. So the phases of the moon. So I feel I'm always really connected to which phase the moon we're in. Um, a lot of people might find that without realizing they don't sleep very well on a full moon or they make wishes and suddenly realize that it's a new moon. And, and I think that's the, the elemental power that you were talking about um, being being separated from busy bustling lives just that time in the middle of the night where nobody's phoning you you haven't got to think about a thousand and one things that you've got to get done that day just that connection with the moon to me the elemental energy of the moon is really important day to day um and i very rarely know what day of the week it is but i do know yeah, what yeah. cycle of the moon we're in <laughs> i knew i loved you i am that too i teach that i preach that i astrological i love astrology but it's just too many numbers for me it's just worse than <laughs> uh, and i agree wholeheartedly and i love that and i do think if you, even waking up in the morning go moon's waxing let's add moon's waning let's release it changes yeah everything makes your day just slow because you're tapping into that water body that we have anyway we are we are you know it's the tides it's us so i like that that you do that in your life because in in real life your your day job you have a very much more left brain right aren't you getting into the science and yes well i'm i'm a trained um forensic scientist and a forensic archaeologist so that was that was my day job um and very scientific very logical very plan orientated um so i i try and let that go to a certain extent when i'm not at work when i'm not thinking scientifically but i carry that over into my paranormal investigations so i i use it but i don't let it take over good i love it and again i think to dance between the two sides is is the way to do it. if you're too far all over here to the woo woo you can't live in this world and if you're over here then you've lost the magic we gotta dance we gotta dance yes um yeah. we gotta dance so i just love that you brought up paranormal that's where i was going to go next i love the fact that all of us witchy people are also into the paranormal because it used to be paranormal people were parent they wanted to go ghost hunting and they had the equipment and they had not a lot of spirituality or magic attached except they wanted something more they wanted to know what this is and now now we're there now we are there bringing this whole other layer to people out there just to get an emf reading how did you get into the paranormal because that's very different in itself than just the the practice of the craft i actually got into the paranormal to start with when i started my journey as a psychic um as a, as a medium and it was when i was finding out what it was i was was what was it that was giving me these messages what what why did things pop into my head so i joined a paranormal group um and then another one and then another one um basically just so i could do one an investigation every friday and every saturday night just to get the left side of my brain in connection with the right side of my brain <laughs> so i could work out that i wasn't going mad that there was something else out there that science can't explain really so are, when you go out, are are you like, are you like the medium out there talking to the spirits directly? Are you equipment girl or do you walk back and forth? Or are you the, the medium on in the team? Um, I'm usually the medium on the team, but I kind of use it for the team. So if I'm picking up something, um, I don't know, say an elemental in the corner of a room, I might suggest that they put a piece of equipment there. Or if I'm 
picking up a spirit that I believe will move things. I might suggest that they put a camera on that area um, or shadow figures or depending on what I'm picking up, really. I kind of try and help the team not necessarily prove what I'm saying, but verify some of the claims that they had reported. And then it helps me say, well, I'm picking up a little old lady in a rocking chair and the camera is picking up this this rocking shadow or whatever. So yep. it, there is a crossover. I try, try and be aware of the scientific side all the time and what a lot of the investigators are trying to gain out of investigating. Um, so I'm I'm kind of the intermediary. I'm the, the telephone, I guess. I'm the yeah. conduit. Yeah. And that's what I do love about equipment. I'm not an equipment girl because I hardly work my iPhone, but I like it that that's proving what we we see. And I've been explaining some little movement or whatever, and they believe me or don't believe me. But now there's a device that shows that exact thing I've just explained in the other room without contact of that. So that's what's really fun. So it's interesting to me if you doing both sides and you have that whole science side, like when I go into an investigation or whether it's on ghost adventures or TFIL or just regular with people, I don't want to know anything about it. They won't let me know anything about it. I go blind, blind, blind. Usually yeah. the more tech person or the research person or the science person knows everything about the location. Do you have to dance in the middle somewhere? Know a little bit about, but not everything. <laughs> I try and go in cold like yourself. I try and yeah. not know anything about the history, not know anything about the, the reports. Um, sometimes it's difficult as an archeologist because I read the building. I can see that the building's been altered and I know how old the building is roughly by just looking at the architecture but I quite often will just get the postcode, uh, like the zip code, um, an hour before I need to set off. So I can't do the research and that verifies it for me and it verifies it for the investigators that what I am picking up is what I'm picking up. So I'll yeah. do a walk around and then suggest that they might, might want to pick up, put bits of equipment in different places just based on the walk around. Um, and sometimes I'll do remote viewing. I'll look at a photograph or they'll send me a, a, a floor plan um, and I might douse it or I might just sit and meditate on the yeah. floor plan and say, OK, well, I'm expecting to get something in this room, maybe on this staircase. Um, so I, I try not to find out the history of places, but there's limited locations over here. So I do tend to get, end up going back and back and back. But yeah. My memory's so bad, I can't remember what I got last time. <laughs> I like that too. I think that's our medium thing. I think that's our side. It's not just our memory. It's just that we're other places when we're doing it. It's like, what did you just say? I don't know. You know, it's just, I, I, I'm not going to just blame that on our memory. I think that that's just part of that goes with the gift. Um, I, I, it has to be. Otherwise, I can't remember anything. It's like, I'll see even something like on video or on TV, like, I don't remember any of this and I don't <laughs> just think it's my memory. Um, yeah, but you may not, you don't think you have a lot of places there, but you have a lot of older places there that we have in the United States, especially I'm West Coast, you know, we're so new. I, that's what I loved being in the UK, even Bosworth Hall, or we went to the 1620s house and we went to, it's like, we don't have anything like this <laughs> and nothing. like. California is like a minute and a half old. You know, the oldest thing we have is cowboy towns. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are incredibly lucky. And I, I was lucky to be placed here by the universe 
um, yeah. to just experience the the build. I mean, some of our buildings, our churches go back to the 10th century. So, and then we've got the older pagan sites as well. So we've got Stonehenge, which is three and a half thousand years before Christ. Um, so we've, we have got things that go back thousands of years, 5,000, 6,000 years. And I'm, I'm so lucky and I'm so privileged to be able to investigate places like that. So tell me about that is like number well, remember, one or two on my bucket list of where I haven't been yet and want to go. Have you been to Stonehenge? I would take it. Is that a place that you have? You, yes. Do you feel do you feel it? Do you feel the magic roots, the witchy roots? It's um, it's one of those places that's kind of overpopulated most of the time. Um, so it does get lost in the busy static of lots of people. Um, but. I have been lucky enough to stand inside the stone circle with six other people. Um, and you do feel the stones talking. Um, it's it's amazing, the energy coming off, especially the blue stones, which are the smaller ones, not the big rectangular ones on top of each other. Um, I would suggest Avebury as for, for anybody who's spiritual, visit Avebury, which is just down the road from Stonehenge. And that has an amazing mystical feel um, and is less populated. There's fewer people there. So it's less well known outside of the UK. So um, definitely anybody yeah. internationally, I'd suggest going to Avebury. And then if you get a chance to go to Stonehenge as well, but it hasn't got anywhere, Stonehenge hasn't got anywhere near the mystical energy feel that Avebury does have. Okay, I will. That, that's on my bucket list too. They'll do them. I'll do them both. So that's interesting. The overpopulated that happens too. I've noticed that with even on going back to paranormal investigations, nothing to do with spirituality. Some places are so overdone. I almost feel sorry for the spirit. I mean, I do feel sorry for the spirits. It's like, is this ghost abuse really? You know, it's like, can we leave them alone a while? They're tired of us talking to them. Have you have you experienced that? It's like. Oh, yeah, totally. We um, there's so many places that are so famous and appear on all the TV shows over here and internationally as well. So we call it being overfished. It's it's like uh -huh. a lake. If you overfish it, you're not going to catch a fish. So yeah, the the spirits are just people without bodies, and I can just imagine somebody coming round to my house every Friday and every Saturday night asking me to be a performing monkey. Some some weekends I just go and hide in my bed with a duvet over my head, just going, leave me alone. Exactly. No more K2 meters. And I don't want to ring it. I don't want it to make it go red. That's what I feel like. I'm sorry. Yeah. We, we have found that some of the places that have been overdone have actually, I guess, recovered in a way after COVID because we weren't allowed to do investigations for nearly 18 months. So going back to those places, it's almost hyped up the atmosphere and hyped up the activity because it's like it's almost like they were missing us. <laughs> Probably were. So now if we could take that awareness and meet in the middle somewhere and not overdo it, just like with the planet, we can go out again. But let's have a little more, you know, respect and observation yeah. to it. Ah. Yeah. So um, how did you go into the sciences, architecture and forensic? How did how did that happen? This magical little Ooh. being I see right there. Basically, when I was um, over here, when you're 18, you have to choose where you're going. Well, 16 to 18, you choose where you're going in education. Um, and I had a bit of a I wanted to do science and arts. 
and my school wouldn't let me because they clashed on the my high school they clashed on the timetable so i had to make a decision so i went down the forensic science route um but then kind of found my way back to the arts with archaeology because that's a bit of a crossover there's a bit of spirituality a lot of archaeologists are into dowsing and into the more spiritual side of things so um but then i went back into more scientific when i went into the forensic archaeology or forensic anthropology as, as you guys call it over there so helping the police with recovering murder victims um so i'm very much in between the two camps um a kind of renaissance person i guess that's beautiful. I have never done that. I've never worked with police and stuff. So, so do you again dance between that? Do you use your, of course, your psychic ability, your mediumship skills to do it, and then take the science down with it? This fascinates I, me. I've only done it once, um, and that was actually a, a murder where they believed that dark witchcraft was involved. There was some kind of ritualistic element to the killing and they showed me the photographs knowing that i was a witch and they were asking for advice as to what everything meant at the crime scene um and i kind of described the murder scene they got four trees at the cardinal compass points there was the the north tree i said well there'll probably be a nail there where they can put the the horned god statue onto the tree um and they would have killed the person and then taken his life force and i would put money on the murder taking place on the dark moon um and they kind of looked at me as if to say well were you there because this is exactly what <laughs> what we found out when we questioned the suspects so uh, that was really interesting but i've never actually met a spirit at a murder scene simply because i think mm. it's too quick because we're there doing the investigation as a csi within hours or days of the murder taking place and i think the spirit needs time to recover and to to come back yeah that makes sense because it's too soon i won't even try to contact a spirit right away i give them 40 days i think that's the transition so that would make sense that if it's not you know not like a cold case that you wouldn't fascinating yeah. though i love it they bring you in for your expertise of this happened here and then they wonder how you know it because then that's exactly why they brought you in. Ha! Yeah. Uh, so I know you have some good things coming up. What are some things that you're looking forward to, both in the new year and in life and in any events you might be doing? Um, Event-wise, I'm actually speaking at the, the Day Festival from the Festival Unexplained that um, I met you at um, the, this Saturday coming on the 2nd of April. I'm actually doing a talk about the the wheel of of the year, so the sabbats and um, what witches in general celebrate throughout the year and what they mean to witches. Um, the following week, I'm doing a charity investigation for the local branch of the RSPCA that I I'm chair of. So we're we're taking guests on an investigation who've probably never done an investigation before and introducing them to the the investigation side and hopefully we'll get something happening um i've recently um started a team with a, with four other friends uh, raw paranormal um and we're looking forward to to taking that forwards and building that and exciting times ahead with that really 
That's beautiful. I love, I do a lot of charity work too. And I like to combine these worlds like you do. I think there is nothing more fun than taking people who aren't in that world and taking them on an investigation. Actually, the very, the very first ghost adventure I got like seven years ago was because I had done um, a spirit salon with the Hollywood Arts Council and taken people, you know, dressed up in formal attire on a walkthrough, you know, no big things. And I, you know, encountered Charlie Chaplin and I explained what's what, and they told Ghost Adventures I knew right where he was. So that's how that happened. But people like that who aren't in that world, it's just like, ah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so have fun with that. It's like, yeah, we it's like a kid in the can. Yeah, we're doing a fancy dress competition as well, but we're rolling that into a Singapore experiment. So um, the and place that? Well, the, the place we're investigating at is a bonded warehouse. So it's a warehouse where the goods were taken off the canal and they had to pay the tax as it was unloaded from the canal boats. And there were gangs. Um, some of some of your listeners might have heard of Peaky Blinders. Um, there's a TV show called The Peaky Blinders, and they were gang a gang in Birmingham, um, an organised crime gang, a bit like the mafia kind of thing. Um, so we're tying the Peaky Blinders theme in with the warehouse being a similar age. The Singapore experiment um, basically looks at when you dress up, you play music from the time. Does that elicit more attention and more activity from spirit because you're doing something familiar to them? I love that. I think it does. I didn't not. I did not know that that's what it's called. I've um, even with like equipment. Um, I think a lot of old-fashioned spirits are afraid of the techie-looking stuff. Yes. I have this one, a friend of mine, Dan McBain's, invented, it looks like a crystal ball. It actually has a selenium crystal ball on it. Inside, mm. it's kind of like an ovulus, but they're much less afraid of that. Some, you know, somebody's grandma's spirit or somebody in a house from 100 years ago versus some weird flashing light, high tech, looks like it comes from outer space thing. So I do think there's truth to that in, in, in how you dress and the music and things like that. Because music for me has been a big touchstone. Yeah, I, I get it a lot at um, especially buildings from the medieval times over here. So 1600s and 1700s where witches were persecuted. They look at our equipment and they call it witchcraft because there's all these flashing lights and things going on and they don't understand what it is. So to them, it, it's bad magic. It's not right. So they won't interact with it because it's witchcraft and that was something to shy away from back in their time. That's interesting. And, and now speaking of, since you were there, I'm, I'm West coast. So I wasn't with all the witch trials and things like that, that we had in Salem and our East coast. Have you actually encountered any spirits of witches who were persecuted for being such, whether they really were witches or not? Wow. Yes. Yes. Um, there's the famous place over here called Pendle Hill. Um, and that's probably the most famous witch trial over here where they were hung, um, the, the witches, the, the so-called witches were hanged um, at Lancaster wow. Castle. Um, the, I've been to places where there's been covens or groups of wise women or women who've got knowledge of herbs or midwifery yeah. and they don't want to come forward to most investigators 
but when they recognize me as a witch or a wise woman who who knows the ways and herbs and things that they're, they're more able to feel comfortable coming forwards and i think that helps a lot being a witch using that knowledge in investigations yes i i, I love that okay that's on my bucket list too go someplace <laughs> where i can talk to these beautiful women not just you know especially doing a lot of tv it's like how many times can you do you have to go to the insane asylum or the prison or the serial killer's house i like nice ghosts <laughs> I like ghosts with something more interesting to say, you know, that doesn't make TV so much, but I like to go, especially here in Hollywood, we have a bunch of fun places like the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel or the American Legion where ghosts hang out because it's fun and they had fun in life, not just because they were, you know, murdered and tortured there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of our pubs are like that because a lot of our pubs have been around since 1200, 1300. So they're the places that people socialized and, and went for a drink and um, had a good time, chatted about things at the end of the end of the day after work. And it's a place that's familiar and um, comfortable for them. So a lot of our pubs are haunted by past customers, I guess. I felt that again, the little bit I got out of, of Bosworth um, anything that could have been a mistake turned out to a positive, like we messed up on our COVID tests working with Karen. And so we had to go to Nottingham, which was great. We got to go to Nottingham and then we got to go to a pub. It was like the oldest pub in England, something called the Jerusalem trip to Jerusalem from like yes. 1100. It's like, I've never been in any place from 1100. You know, I, it was magical. And I felt the energy I felt. I would go hang out there if I was spirit, you know, go have a ale, have a beer. So uh, anything, yeah, anything that on that trip was so magical that could have been like they moved the guys from um, from the wraith ch the wraith chasers. They moved their flights up way early, so we all had to leave at like zero o'clock in the morning to go there. But because of that mistake, I got to go to London, which I wouldn't have. So it was just a magical trip from here to there. But I did feel it that one pub I got to go to outside of the chaos of everything. It's like yeah, the happy ghost, like at the Roosevelt. Uh, yes, I would love to investigate the Roosevelt. That would be amazing. Yes, come to LA. Come to LA, and I'll show you all our fun ghosts and our fun our fun cemeteries and things like that. Yeah, I've I've only ever investigated two places over in America, um, both in Florida. Um, one was a, a cemetery um, that actually turned out to be a, both a Native American site and a Civil War battlefield at the same time. Wow. So that kind of a bit of overwhelming so that was that was amazing um so i yeah there's so many places i want to investigate over in in the us that are totally different to anywhere that we've got over here yeah yes definitely i i have never i've never even been to florida i think oh, that's on my list too but yeah we have because we have do have so much native american and they were such a spiritual people and there was such the weird history attached to it and things that you feel even in Los Angeles, again, our modern city, there's certain areas that have such heavy, heavy paranormal, unexplained spiritual activity. And it's because those were these sites where these people lived and worshipped and did magic. Even where I live in Hollywood, I, besides you know that also it was Native American Indian land, we have all these little vortexes of energy and I'm sure you have them there too. Every place feels so different, whether you call them grid lines or the vortexes. I think where I live in Hollywood, um, 
Hollywood could not be anywhere else in the world because there's these energy vortexes literally through the Hollywood Hills, literally somewhat close to the Hollywood sign that it, it brought in the dreamers. It brought in the writers, the actors, the musicians, and the spiritual. Just by my house in the middle of Hollywood with all the movie studios, I've got like seven or eight major religious places, everything from monasteries to theosophy to self-realization to Vedanta. It, every, it, it, it's the energy brings them in. It's a kind of a love-hate thing. So, yeah. Is it, they think that's on on the junction of four or five ley lines, energy lines. Um, so yeah, people gravitate towards that whether they understand what it is. Or but not. people already always built religious buildings on the, those junctions, whatever religion it is. And then, like you say, the creativity, the the people being drawn with similar interests to the one area. I find I find that really interesting. But yeah, I'd love yeah. to come to. Love to come to LA and investigate. That would okay. be so cool. Okay, we'll get we'll get to here. I'm coming back to the UK, and you come back here, and we'll we'll do both. Ah! <laughs> so what else is what else is on the anything fun that you want to do this year, or now that we're coming back, or in your practice, or do you you know I know you're solitary. You work alone mostly. Do you work with people? And um, well, that that's kind of something that you taught me um, at the festival of the unexplained. <laughs> I don't do an awful lot of what we did that evening with with reading spirits connected with people. Um, I I tend to have got a bit lazy and and use tarot as my conduit as my connection. So you working with you doing the tag team thing with you was um, kind of proof that I can do it and it's something that I've got lazy about and I I need to practice more at. So I, I want I want to work rather than just I've settled back into a comfort zone <laughs> okay my friend it is not that you can do it you are brilliant at it thank you you guys I wish I wish we had it on recording but we we don't, we don't have a recording we did tag team and you yeah. are brilliant at mediumship for people in that room because that's what my other when you're doing the tv and you're in the hotel or the asylum my whether it's a seance or a gallery is talking to the spirits of the people in the room and you guys it was amazing Liz and I back and we'd finish each other's sentences and we'd go back and people were looking at us like we were in a tennis match <laughs> like look at Liz look at Patty look at Liz look at Patty it was brilliant I've never had so much fun actually <laughs> it, was, it was it was amazing it was just and then I kind of got back to my room and did the whole fangirl thing it was like oh my god I've just done that with Patty Nickery. oh my god <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, when, when we get when we get together, we'll do we'll do a thing together. Whether in your country and my country, we'll do a thing and we'll invite people because it was really good. Maybe we should do one online even before we get together. I there's something there. We had something really. However, we connect whatever that is. I know everybody has different styles. I'm sure we have different styles, but somehow we worked. I mean, not one person didn't mention it to me. Like. You guys, you guys known each other your whole life? No, just Matt. Have you guys worked together your whole? No, just Matt. Just no. <laughs> so. I think I, I totally believe we are meant to meet people, and we've met people before in past lives. So I think we've definitely worked together, and maybe not in this life on this dimension on this plane, but I'm pretty sure we've we've worked together before in some way, in some time and space. <laughs> 
We had to have. Again, I'm sure we did. I call them pod people. I know people use terms like, oh, soul family. And I do believe we travel together in these little groups. I just call them pod people. We're the same lifetime after. These are my people. We come together. Even sometimes we have to find each other on the other side of the planet. We do. Spirit helps. Yes. We do. Yes. And I, I, so, I totally agree. The, the universe puts people in the right place at the right time as well. Um, yep. To, to meet people at the right time. Um, so the, the other thing was, um, I think yourself and um, Rob Thompson, who was also there, yeah. both of you mentioned mirrors, working with mirrors. And that's something I've avoided since I was little. Um, ah. So that's something else that I, I feel I need to work on now. I've actually bought myself, um, I, well, I didn't buy it. It was free off free cycle, um, an old mirror um, from a medicine cabinet that I'm gonna turn into a black mirror and and do some scrying and, and get over my fear of scrying. So I feel that's that's Good. another step I need to take. <laughs> Definitely, because again, it, it, it's, it's just the portal, it's the view, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a door. It's like, if you do cards, if you do rods, if you do equipment, it's just another version of that, but it's a, a beautiful little doorway. So yeah, because you're gonna be brilliant at that. I just, I just know it, how to connect. So thank you. I, I've always had it. My my mom, who wasn't was probably the most intuitive person I've ever met, but didn't work at it. She was just like Miss America housewife. But we did have a house full of mirrors, just because she thought it made a little house look bigger. That was her idea, <laughs> which yeah. it does. But we had mirror upon mirror to creating these different spirit portals and stuff. So I think it actually helped me develop and and not. So so yeah. I think that's great. And it, yeah, Rob was great too. So we'll get together with him when he comes here too. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. triangle thing so anyway i have so many questions but i see the time is flying so um do you have how can people find you if everybody goes like i did i'm in love with this woman how do i work with her or how do i do uh, you know other than you know somebody just died let's go forensic find them so uh how do people find you um i have a facebook page liz leguinis cormel so as it is on the screen so if people want to find me on facebook i'm on there um and I'm, I'm also on um instagram um so that's liz leguinis on instagram um i don't have an active face uh, website at the moment um just simply time keeping up with everything and running the cats rescue and all that kind of stuff so um and i've got a couple of books in the pipeline that people might be able to get get hold of once i finish writing them really <laughs> so many ideas in my head <laughs> okay and i just on that so find her find her on social media find her on facebook and cat rescue just before you go so how did you fall in cat rescue and how many do you have do you have your own in your house i have five at the moment of my own um and i currently have one foster cat um because the branch is so little that we we don't have like a center so all our cats are looked after um, in people's homes. So in fact, just the other side of this wall <laughs> is where my foster cat is, Chili. Um, so I grew up with rescue cats. My dad's mother was um, a cat rescuer. Um, so whenever we went around there, there were baskets of feral kittens hissing and mewing and <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Um, and then when I got my first house of my own, I got rescue cats. And then oh, um, as time went on, 
the the lady I rescued my first two cats that I've got now from said would you like to join the branch and would you like to to become a fosterer so and it's grown from there I, I go trapping um we do trap neuter release programs um I run the branch so I do all the fundraising and raising awareness of what we do and what people can do to help us really so that is beautiful that makes me very happy yeah i do a lot i do a lot of donations there's a couple cat cat rescue cat catch and release all that stuff too so so just just on a personal do you have a cat a, a cat familiar or not yes i do um i'm on my second one at the moment <laughs> um ah. my my original one ewan um unfortunately passed away in 2014 um and i have bronwyn which is um, Welsh. I do uh, a lot of my like Leguinis comes from Welsh, Celtic language. So Bronwyn is is it means white chest because she's black cat with a little white spot. Um, she does my tarot readings. So if I want a reading, she will actually pull my cards for me. Um, wow. Yeah. So she knows as soon as I un open the box and unwrap my cards, she's straight there. She feels the energy from the cards. Um, and I just lay them out and spread them out on the floor and she'll put a nose to to which card and she'll pick three cards and she she always picks three. Um, so she just walks over and puts a nose down and then sits down. I pull that one. She nose down. Yeah. So that is brilliant. OK, all you witches out there, if you have a cat familiar, teach them how to do do your cards. I love that. Yeah. We just for the first time, actually, I lost my, our last kitty. He wasn't my familiar. He was a cranky old boy, but I, I've had them in the past. But we're we're a cat free house right now. And it's weird. Even with my wild, you know, take all the attention and energy puppy. I, we need a cat. We're going to wait back till I get back from Ireland next month. But I need a cat. But OK, yeah. when I get a cat, they're going to learn how to do cards. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Liz. Thank you for coming to the Witching Hour. Come back again. I want to talk more magic, if you will. Thank you. Um, yeah. I'd love to. So everybody look up Liz Laguinis Cormel. She is amazing. And yes, do more mediumship with people and their people because you're brilliant. So thank you. Thank you for visiting the Witching Hour.